It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome to Three-Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby, science fiction novelist. And I'm Richard Coots, and I am a fount of useless pop culture trivia. <laughs> okay, that always gets me. Okay, so uh, today, guys, if you haven't watched it by now... You need to get it done and then listen to the podcast because we are going to dish about Better Call Saul Season 3. Mm-hmm. Season yeah. 3. Season 3. Yeah, I said Season 2 on the last podcast, didn't I? Yeah, I think oh, well. Season 3. We're going to talk about Season 3. So, man, I want to say this because i got to give it to my man Richard. We're sitting there, what was it, Episode 4 of Season 3. And he's looking at it, and he's like, you know, I think Chuck's going to kill himself at the end of this season. And I went, oh, really? You think so? He's like, yeah. And sure enough, he did. <laughs> as far as we know. Maybe, you know. As far as we know, it was kind of ambiguous. It's kind of ambiguous, yeah. You know, they didn't really show it, but <laughs> there can't be much of him left. He <laughs> burned up in his house. Okay, so... Um, all right, so now that we got that out of the way, we talked about that. Um, let's talk about some of our favorite moments from season three. What were some of your favorite, one of your favorite moments? I think it was pretty near the end of the season. Um, I think it was when he was um, going into that insurance office and he was trying to get his ref- a refund on his malpractice insurance. Yes, because, because he's been disbarred. Yeah, he's been disbarred. Uh, and... He, he starts sounding like, uh, you know, he's, he starts having like a breakdown. That's what he wants to sound right, like. Yeah, and he, yeah. and he's, he's like, no, I'm losing all my, oh, I don't remember everything he said. But then, yeah, and now lost my, everything. I've no. lost everything. And now my brother Chuck is sick. Is sick. Yeah. And, right. and, and he's, mm. I knew when he started saying that, he's like. Well, see, whenever like, she looks up the insurance, yeah. she, he, she, she asks, are, yeah, she's you, like, are you Chuck? Yeah. And like, she's, he's like, no, no. He's oh, oh, he's your brother. Okay, well, you're underneath him there. Okay, okay. here you are. And he's like, Ch- so wait, he Charles like, McGill and McGill and McGill? McGill Charles and McGill and, and, uh, and, and, and Hamlin and, and Hamlin. Yeah, and James, James McGill, right. Yeah, so um, I think, honestly, I think in that moment when he heard his brother's name, mm-hmm. his wheels already started turning. We get to see the slipping Jimmy more yeah. in this one than we ever seen him, and um, honestly, the Saul Goodman comes out mm-hmm. quite a bit. And at the, and um, we also get to see Hector Salamanca go down. Mm. We get to see how he becomes, you know, gets in the wheelchair with yeah. the bell, ding, 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 which I thought was funny yeah. in, the, in the shop. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're in uh, Nacho's shop. Uh-huh. His dad has You've that got bell. The, the bell. And he mm-hmm. rings the bell. Yeah. You know, and you're, oh, mm-hmm. it's such foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I want to, the, the scene that really, that I loved a lot was the bit in the courthouse, in the courtroom, where he uh, fools his brother into thinking that, you know, there's nothing in his pocket, and then he pulls out this battery. Oh, yeah. It's that, been in there that's for like excellent. three or four hours. It's been in there, and he didn't react to it, and he he proves to him that, you know, he's nuts. It's, he's nuts. And what I love about it is that in the cinematography of this, it's like at the very end of that when 
uh, Chuck is defeated, and he's sitting there in the witness stand, mm-hmm. and the camera backs up, and you see this shot of him sitting in the witness stand, and in the frame, just in the top of the frame, is the word exit from the exit sign, and it's humming. Oh, yeah. And it's like, that is like saying, you're done, exit stage, you are finished, yeah. you know? And it was just so good. I mean, all the establishing shots in this in this show... Uh, the uh, long silences <laughs> that people some people complain about the long silences but honestly they're important they're so important to setting up some of these great scenes you know, <laughs> I, you know what I really thought Nacho was going to die but I he, did too but he made it out of the season of life he's probably he still going to die he probably is probably still going to die but he made it out of this season they're going to find out about the pills yeah well you can see like <laughs> Gus looks over and Gus Gus Spring he knows man yeah, he He's, does. He knows. Gus knows, but will he? Um, will he do anything about it? Because basically, if he does find out that Nacho did it, he should be shaking his hand. Because he honestly, should. But then, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think Gus is going to do something about it. So it's like, hey, look, somebody did this wrong. He, Nacho <laughs> did this wrong to to the Salamancas and. See what a good soldier I am. I'm right. taking care of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. The show is so good. If you... Listen, we absolutely love Better Call Saul. And, you know, Vince Gilligan, the guy, he's like Midas. Everything he touches turns to gold. And this show is such gold. Now, okay. Let's talk about the female love interest in the film, in the show. Oh, Kim, yeah. Kim. So what do you think is going to happen to Kim? Because she doesn't appear in Breaking Bad. Yeah, she doesn't. I don't know, man. I Honestly, I hope, she, you know, I really hope, like, somehow she gets out of all of this. And yeah. she, like, she's, like, so you, gets, so you, oh, she gets out of this. I mean, she's not going to get out unscathed. But I'm really <laughs> hoping she gets, like, some kind of good closure, her right. character. She gets she, out away from all this crap, and she's able to go out and live. Yeah. A good rest of her life. She needs to get out. She needs to have like um, some kind of closure for sure. Like kind of like Jesse did at the very mm-hmm. end of Breaking Bad. You know, he's driving away from it. Maybe it's like everything's blowing up in the background yeah. and she's just driving away. Um, but man, when she, I did not see that car wreck coming. Oh yeah, that shocked me. I mean, I was I was watching it and she's going to that other place and I'm thinking, man, she's spread herself so thin. And sure enough, man, boom, the thing blows up. You know, she's got the airbag. In yeah, that's pretty interesting how they do that shot, those do those shots, because that's not the first time they did that with her. Like, when yeah. she's she falls asleep, she doesn't know it. Because the way they shot that, that's exactly how it is for people. Exactly. When they do, they fall asleep, and they don't realize, and they just wake up, and it's just like an instant. Yeah, and she crossed how many lanes of traffic? Three? Uh, Three or four I, lanes I, of traffic. I don't remember, but, man, yeah, it mean, was it, bad. It's a miracle she's alive, you know, um... But seeing her trying to recoup in that last episode, trying to, like, <laughs> work again, and I'm like, dude, just take some time and don't do anything, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I I genuinely felt bad for mm-hmm. her on the side of the road. I mean, I was like, can I go help pick up papers, too? You know, um, so, I mean, it, it's such a great character. Um, and these, you know, these characters are are fantastic, you know, and, and who knew... Who knew? And I've always said this about comedy comedy actors, that mm-hmm. 
Comedy actors make some of the best dramatic actors. They do. They really do. And the reason is because they have to they have to make people laugh with their face. And that's difficult to do, to make an expression that, you know. So they have a lot of control. Uh, I think they have a lot more control than over their face and body language than uh, like a dramatic actor. Um, and if you can do comedy, you can pretty much do anything. It was true of Robin Williams. It was true of uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, Tom Hanks, his claim to fame was comedy before mm-hmm. he ever got into drama. You know, so um, these uh, Odenkirk is a genius actor. He really yeah. is. That scene where he's trying to sell the uh, the whole insurance thing where he's, like, talking to the insurance lady and he's selling that sadness, yeah. you know. And when she tells him that he's going to, tells him what his premiums are going to be after he gets his license back, his face is priceless. It you look like he looks like somebody just shot him. <laughs> it was just so good. So um, anyway, so Better Call Saul was was amazing. Can't wait to see season four. I'm sure they're gonna cook up something fantastic. Like like fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So our dollar rental of the week this week is a film called Gentleman Broncos. Yes, directed by Jared Hess. Yes, it's his third outing. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie was made for about $1.5 million, but only grabbed in the box office about $111,000. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, many people feel that it was marketed wrong. It, because it's a movie about bad science fiction mm-hmm. and bad... <laughs> bad science fiction writing and bad science fiction covers for the book. It was also <laughs> one of those um, independent, they kind of marketed it as one of those independent. One that Fox uh, Searchlight. Uh, yeah, or something that. like But But they made it look, they didn't make it look like the kind of comedy that it was. It was a laugh out loud comedy. Yeah. And it, that's not how they presented it. They presented it as like one of those little quirky, like kind of like one of those, uh, uh, who is it? Paul W. S. Anderson does those kind of quirky oh, yeah, comedies. Yeah, yeah. They made they yeah. kind of promoted it like that, kind of uh, made it look like one of those in the trailers. But and it stuff. wasn't like, at cut all. It. No, it's, it's not like that at all. It is, it is a laugh out loud comedy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this bit with a snake. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so we go in his house, right? This guy comes over. It's this kid. He wrote this novel or whatever. He writes books, and he writes them on, you know. It writes them in hand by hand. You know, he doesn't type them or he hand writes his novels in these spiral bound notebooks. Like I used to do when I was a kid. You know, I'd write these long short stories and novels, whatever, in notebooks. And um, he, <laughs> his mother brings this guy over, and his mother's played by Kathy to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And you know, she does the voice of. Uh, no, no, that's not. That that, no, one? that's Jennifer Coolidge that played his mother. Oh right. Yeah, okay, okay, Jennifer no. Coolidge. Okay, so Jennifer Coolidge, she comes in and she's great. She comes in mm-hmm. and she's got this guy and she says, I, I got you, I got you this, this guardian angel from, from church and he's going to hang out with you and be your friend because you have no friends, you know. <laughs> and he's got this like, this yellow python yeah, around his like neck. Yeah, it's like yellow python around his neck. And it's a ball python mm-hmm. and he has it around his neck and as soon as she finishes talking, that thing just takes a dump right on his shoulder. It's, a, know, it's just know, like it's squirts so, out. I know, and it's just so like, it's so it's just, it, it was, you just <laughs> never see it coming. It's just so sudden. It's it just so kind sudden. Of, and the whole, you know, it's like a Jared Hess movie, so everything's very stark and 
minimalist and, mm. you know, um, but it's just, and it's got, you know, it's got these great characters in it, these really funny people. Um, but the other one that it has is Jemaine Clement, which Jemaine I am Clint. a huge Jemaine yeah. Clement fan. I love Jemaine Fly Clement. to the Concords. Fly to the Concords. You like Fly to the Concords. Yeah. And, Here, uh, here's, here's Jemaine, Jemaine Clement comes out. He's this guy. He's this, this washed up science fiction novelist. And he's a, he writes horrible science. Mm-hmm. He writes this book, this book series called, what was it? Space Harpies. Yeah, yeah, something. I think so. I and think they it's have space like uh, these mammary cannons. Yeah, <laughs> where they shoot lasers yeah. out of their mammaries. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. And he does all his own art, so the art all all the harpies look exactly like him. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so here's an interesting thing we learned, and this goes back to SoonerCon. We met a guy at SoonerCon. His name was David Allen Anderson, and David. Uh, David, this, David Lee Anderson. Oh, David Lee. Yes, David Lee Anderson. Sorry. David Lee Anderson, um, he's been in the cover design business for a long time. And he's been in the art business for a long time. And very successful artist. Um, he did, at the beginning of this movie, there's a whole bunch of these old, um, like, 80s and 70s uh, paperback science fiction novel covers that they use for their opening titles. And what happened was is that uh, Anderson sent 15 of his artworks. He was asked to send 15 of his artworks of these covers that he did back then to the film, and Jared Hess picked out two to use in the movie. And uh, one of them is uh, Sam Rockwell's cover, and the other one is right at the very beginning of the movie. It's like a... It's like an alien head-looking thing that's, like, staring at you or whatever, and it's holding an orb. Um, But it's really cool to find out that, you know, this guy, like, did this, and we found him out at the con. We met him and stuff and talked to him. It was pretty cool. And so I was talking to him. I'm like, hey, do you have any of those other – what were some other titles you did in the 80s that, you know – because I read a lot of science fiction. He says, oh, well, this, this, this title, whatever. And he mentioned one, and I can't remember what it was, but I was looking for it, and I couldn't find it. So – I was going to bring it back and have him sign it, but I'm going to find some more. Co- I'm going to find the copies of his books the next year. I'm going to have him sign it. But um, Gentleman Broncos, man, is really it's going back to so uh, Jermaine Clement. Jermaine Clement is hysterical. He's this washed up science fiction novelist, and he robs <laughs> he robs the story from this kid and steals his idea. Yeah, he goes he it. goes to this uh, camp, this writers camp. Yeah, and they can submit their their stories and stuff yeah. to him. He's apparently a well accomplished writer, and he's like this kid's hero for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's given the fun, this is a funny bit where he's like giving this like uh, seminar on how to <laughs> how to how to name your characters and stuff. Like, add, add anus to the beginning. <laughs> Just come up with a name and add anus to the end. Put an anus at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He tells this little girl that her troll character doesn't have the right kind of name because trolls are nomadic or something. <laughs> I'm like, what? How do you know trolls are nomadic? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's such an idiot. Um, but it has some great moments in it. It's a really funny film. I was laughing all the way through the thing. And, yeah. Uh, I've honestly discovered it uh, only like six months ago, probably. Um, I mean, I kind of knew it was out there, but I hadn't really watched it. Yeah, I, I heard a bit. Like I said, it was kind of 
marketed wrong mm-hmm. the kind of movie it was. So I, I I got together and watched it with him and with our friend Ryan McKinley and some others at Ryan McKinley's <laughs> workshop. And I just couldn't believe I'd never seen this movie. It was so so funny. Oh man. Okay. Well, and uh, so I want to say after 19 years of my of of marriage with my lovely wife Christy. Uh, happy anniversary, honey. I don't, you know, I know you don't listen to my podcast, but <laughs> happy anniversary. Um, until then, I'm Roger Colby. I'm Richard Coots.